0: Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. Sports Jack Sports It's Sports, it's sports, it's
1: sports Welcome to episode 185. You
2: mean the Alan Trammell episode? Oh, the Trammell Master. The former shortstop for the Detroit <laughs> Tigers combined with Sweet Lou Whitaker for one of the great double play combinations of the 70s and 80s tram wound up being a bench coach for the Cubs for a little while uh, but he hit 185 home runs in his 20-year big league career so today we salute
0: Alan Trammel Family Broadcasting Corporation well, in association with the studio DNA podcast Network presents oh sportsyak oh one host knows sports and who's right there the other doesn't know sports but Somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is good! It's good! It's good! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get
3: your big butt out of here!
0: And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be Chuck Freebie.
3: Forever!
1: I'm going to be honest with you, and I don't know if you've re- you could read this. I don't know who that is. Oh, I could read that, yeah. Could you? Mm-hmm. I was reading about Jackie Robinson this morning. Were you? Because. I believe today was the day in sports history that he got into the Hall of Fame. Could well be. And so it was a decent paragraph about his career and getting in the Hall of Fame. The final line in the paragraph, Chuck, was, so did Joe Schminderfell. Yeah. Some other person. How tough is it for that guy to go in the Hall of Fame the same day as Jackie Robinson went in? Well, it's like Larry Walker this year. (laughs) He'll go in with Derek Jeter.
3: Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter! And
2: Larry Walker. Yeah. You know? Which is really the appropriate name for a guy going in with Derek Jeter, don't you think? And Larry Walker. hmm I'm John Smith. My, it's like
1: Eric Estrada
2: and Larry Wilcox.
1: <laughs> yes, a Chips reference. Come on, 185. Let's talk about this Joey Brunk character.
2: Let's talk about IU basketball. They have the best overall record of any team right now in the Big Ten. They are 15-4. and Now, granted, some of that is padded, but they are game out of first in the Big Ten after beating Michigan State at Assembly Hall in a very exciting game last night, 66-64. Uh, the Hoosiers sprint out to an 18-4 lead. And then here comes Sparty. As they will do, they wear you down. They get you exhausted. They get some easy transition hoops. Cassius Winston starts to heat up in the second half. Suddenly Sparty grabs the lead. A little panic sets in along the Hoosier faithful. So they get a three from Al Durham to give them the lead. Michigan State ties it up with another layup. Then Brunk gets a beautiful left-hand tip in with about a minute left, and that gives the Hoosiers a lead they would not relinquish. Michigan State had a chance to tie it in the waning seconds. Trace Jackson Davis was able to block a shot from Cassius Winston. The rebound wouldn't go down, and the Hoosiers walk away with the 66-64 win. 5-3 and of the Big Ten, a game behind Michigan State and Illinois, headed into a big Sunday game with Maryland at Assembly Hall. This weekend, one you can hear on 103.1 FM.
1: One wonders if Joey is trying to concoct, formulate, create... The Brunk Dunk. Just for announcers like you to go, here comes the Brunk Dunk!
2: Mm, Probably not. What Joey Brunk has done is made himself a much better player than he was when he left Butler. At least that's in the eyes of his head coach, Archie Miller. He says that Brunk has probably improved the most of anybody on the Hoosier roster as the season has gone long. And it showed last night, 14.6 rebounds in a game against Michigan State. So here's Indiana sitting there at 15 and 4. Corey, I checked the what's called the bracketology on ESPN this morning. Okay. They try to project the 68 teams that will make the NCAA tournament. Now it hasn't been updated since the 21st. So we're sitting on the 24th today. So it hasn't been updated in three days. But at that time they had Indiana as a number 10 seed. In the NCAA tournament, I think they might be a little bit better than that. But this uh, this bracketology still had Purdue in the NCAA tournament. Mm. Let me let me tell you something about the Boilermakers. They need a win tonight over Wisconsin, a game you can hear on one hundred three point one FM at seven, to stay above five hundred. I mean, Matt Painter's team has really been struggling. They've been pretty good at home this year. I think they're something like eight and two at home but they've been terrible away from Mackey Arena. Well, Illinois went into Mackey Arena on Tuesday night and smacked them around pretty good. Let's see if the Boilermakers can bounce back tonight against the Badgers, who, just like the Hoosiers, are 5-3 and three in the Big Ten, a game behind Michigan State and Illinois.
1: Not to dwell too much on Joey Brunk, but as you were talking about, IU, six foot 11, 245. Yeah, he's a big boy. That's huge. Yeah. My goodness. And he's a junior? Um, Yes, I believe so.
2: Transferred over from Butler. Of course, had some experience playing in big games with Butler and now making the transition and has made Indiana a much more physical inside team as you would expect a 6'11 man to do.
1: Thursday, also a big night in girls' basketball here in the locale area.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. Penn has clinched another Northern Indiana Conference title. I believe they won their 42nd straight NIC game. Um, My daughter is a senior at Dayton, and I believe she was on the last team to beat Penn in an NIC game. Oh, my. When she was on the bench at St. Joe. And... Penn wins last night at St. Joe by a count of 54-41. to Their talented junior, Trinity Clinton, goes over the 1,000-point mark for her career. She led the way, I think she had 19 last night. And Penn coach, Christy Kaneski-Ulrich, I think this is only her 12th season on the bench, and she has now won 250 games. So you don't have to be a math major to realize that's averaging over... 20 wins per season. She has a machine going there at Penn. I understand there will be those who say, well, it's twice as big as any other school in the conference. They have more people to choose from, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They play a very challenging non-conference schedule. They're not afraid to go play anybody. And... The fact that they've been able to do this consistently year after year is a tribute to what she has been able to establish in the program. So kudos to Penn. St. Joe gave it a valiant run last night. They are in a very tough 3A sectional with Washington and Marion, and it will be very curious Sunday afternoon at 5 to see how the tournament draw plays out. You can watch that online at IHSAA.tv, and uh, they'll have all the pairings for you live. We'll be tweeting about it at the 46 Sports and 46 Sports Facebook accounts.
1: I'm guessing we'll be chatting about it as well on Monday.
2: Yes, more than likely.
1: <laughs> uh, also last night, the uh,
2: one that didn't make the sports cast this morning, Rochester, beats Tippecanoe Valley. That's a huge rivalry game down there, Corey. Zebras take it 68-61. So they're having a solid year. They've won 14 games this season. And then Bremen and Triton reached the championship of the Bi-County Tournament last night in girls' basketball. Bremen had no problem with Argus. Bremen's got a very talented team led by Erin Koffel, the Gatorade Softball Player of the Year in Indiana last year, headed to the University of Kentucky on a softball scholarship. But she can play the hoop, too, and they'll square off against the Triton team, which surprised John Glenn. Thirty-one
1: twenty-nine last night you know someone once said behind every good guy is a great woman and yesterday i ran into one of those women bob nagel's wife mary carol oh yeah surprised me she was working at the uh business that we did an office visit at working the front desk you probably can't find a better person to work the front lines than one mary carol nagel i would agree she's a
2: sweetheart and uh she just got her foot out of a boot uh, the Nagels have had some foot problems over the past year or so. Uh, but she's she's great, and her husband will be Mike's side with me again tonight. That's right. Uh, along with Bo Hunt as we go over to Fairfield for Westview and Fairfield. Westview has uh, an outstanding player named Charlie Yoder. We've got a graphic about this tonight, Corey. There are five local players in area boys basketball history that have scored 2,000 points or more. Charlie Yoder is 179 points away from that 2,000 mark, and he's got 12 games at least to do it. So one would think that he would join that elite company. So Bob and I went over to Westview practice earlier this week, and I had a chance to spend about a minute with the star of the Westview Warriors, Charlie Yoder, who gives you an insight into Westview hoops and a preview of tonight's game.
3: I mean, we're young, we've lost a lot, so we're just improving a lot day to day, and I mean, every week and every game, it's just a big difference, and we're playing a lot better. How do you see yourself emerging as a leader? You used to be a quiet kid. Um, I think in the past, I kind of led by example more, and this year, I'm having to lead more verbally, so I think that's the biggest difference.
2: This Fairfield rivalry, when you tried to describe it to people that don't go to Westfield or Fairfield, how do you describe it?
3: I mean, I don't know if you can. It's pretty crazy. But it's just, I mean, it's one of the biggest rivalries around here. And, I mean, it's always a fun atmosphere.
2: Last year, getting to play for your dad, what's that experience been like?
3: I mean, I'm just trying to enjoy every minute of it because it's a special thing, especially in Indiana. So, I'm just trying to enjoy every minute of it and just enjoy this group you know your future plans yet? Uh, no, I don't. I think I'm going to sign after the season. I have a few more visits after the season, and so that's kind of what we're planning on right now.
2: And what's it like to play on 46? You like
1: that? Yeah,
3: it's pretty cool. It's always cool when you guys come to games and uh, do our stuff.
1: uh You got any inside scoop there? Any schools that he's leaning towards?
2: I think he'd be a great fit in the Crossroads League. Schools like Bethel, Huntington, um, Grace, of course. And okay. I'm sure all of those have beat a path to Topeka. Now, could he possibly play at a lower D1 level? Oh, more than likely, yeah. I think he could fit there, too. But I, I think back to Kyle Mangus of Warsaw, who has really become a star at Indiana Wesleyan and the best player in that conference, and I think Charlie Yoder is a similar player. Okay. So, Westview and Fairfield tonight on 46. Your chance to watch him. He's averaging 28.5 points and 10.5 rebounds a game. So, a kid that's averaging a high double-double for the season. Going up against a Fairfield squad that is young. They turn the ball over a lot. New coach in Randy Deshaun this year, who has won a state championship. So, we'll see how this all shakes out tonight on 46. Also tonight... The big game in the NIC will be at Alumni Gym, Penn and St. Joe. We talked about the girls' game from last night. Here you've got the boys' game, St. Joe still in contention for the NIC title, a game behind Adams in the conference. Penn coming off a heartbreaking loss to Northridge on Tuesday night, where they led for most of the game, let it slip away, lost by two. Penn is 6-6. Six and six. They've got an outstanding freshman in Marcus Burton. They've got a strong frontcourt player in Derek Durda who grew up with a lot of these kids who are in the St. Joe system. And, of course, St. Joe with J.R. Knessney, the young man who's verbally committed to the University of Notre Dame. So that should be a fun one at Alumni Gym. In the Northern Lakes Conference, uh, the game that stands out to me tonight is Warsaw and Goshen. Warsaw uh, has been up and down, but they've got a chance to get their 10th win of the season tonight. Goshen is one of those teams that gives a lot of teams fits, uh, they they slow it down a little bit. They've got a nice inside player in Jake Barker, outside shooter and a sophomore by the name of Drew Hogan. Backcourt is very young going against an experienced Warsaw backcourt. We'll see how that one shakes out in the Maple City. And then up in Michigan, uh, the marquee matchup tonight is in the Southwest 10 Conference. Kisopoulos coming off a blowout loss to Dowagiac on Tuesday night. Has to try to bounce back as Marcellus pays a visit To the Ranger, Jim, and Marcellus is having a very good year. I think they're 6-1. You know, Corey, there's 29 teams in the state of Michigan, boys basketball teams, who are still undefeated. Wow. Two of them are from our area. Nice. Brandywine and Lakeshore.
1: Bobcats and the Lancers.
2: I know you take great pride in that Lakeshore program.
1: They were good back in the 80s, you know, when I was there. Clearly they're still good now. Yeah, good stuff. So, did you see the young girl that got uh, beamed by Rafael Nadal? Yes. Yes, I did. What a great story that would be. I would let the kids know on the playground, I got beamed by one of the best. And got a kiss from Rafi. Got a little and neck.
2: So, uh, Rafi won easily in straight sets yeah. in his match the other night. But a real stunner at the Australian Open Tennis Tournament overnight as Serena Williams loses to China's, I believe her name is Wang Yang. And what makes this all the more stunning is the only other time these two two players played each other was in last year's U.S. Open. And Serena beat her in 44 minutes. The whole match was over in 44 minutes. There were 60 points in the match. Serena won 50 of them. She shows up last night, and it winds up being a a two-and-a-half-hour marathon. And Jan wins it, and Serena is ousted from the Australian Open at the earliest point, the third round, for the first time in 14 years. So that really kind of shakes up the women's division. You know who else is shaking up the women's division? Coco Golf. Coco. Coco Goff goes out last night and beats the third seed, Naomi Osaka of Japan, in straight sets. And so the 15-year-old Wunderkind continues to dazzle in the land down under and she'll move on to the Sweet 16 for her next match.
1: You know, my wife and I were watching highlights of this and she turned to me last night, Chuck, and she said, do you know any tennis jokes? And I said, no, it's not my forte, love.
2: Yeah, morning corny at 8.50 on Pulse FM every morning and you'll get the same response from me Monday through Thursday. I just text that response to you on Fridays. (laughs) Golf.
1: Let's talk golf.
2: You know, the thing about golf this time of year, Corey, is I believe they play it merely to make those of us who are uh, in the Rockies and to the East jealous uh, because they're down at Torrey Pines in San Diego. It's in the upper 60s, low 70s. Lovely weather. And you sit there, and if you watch just a moment or two of it, you're like, I hate all of you people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Boom! (laughs) Yes.
2: Uh, Who are the leaders after round one there? Your name? Keegan
1: Bradley, Mm -hmm. Sebastian Sebastian... Capellan?
2: Capellan, yes. Sebastian Capellan. Keegan Bradley, good young American golfer. Uh, The real stories are in the pack of golfers behind him where you've got Rory McIlroy, the former Masters champion, Bubba Watson, one stroke back. And Tiger's first round of 2020 was a 69 at Torrey Pines yesterday, so he's three off the pace. Did not necessarily play well on the front nine, got better on the back nine. We'll see if he's able to make a charge on the weekend.
1: Now, Tiger, who's that? Yeah. Uh, hockey tonight here, local.
2: You know, uh, Notre Dame has not played well as of late. They had a tie and a loss last weekend against Ohio State. They've fallen out of the top 20 in the college hockey polls. Now Jeff Jackson's team may have a struggle to make the NCAA tournament. What would help their cause? A couple of wins over the Badgers of Wisconsin who come in. Man, Corey, this used to be back in the day, late 70s, early 80s, They would play in the North Dome of the Joyce Center, Mm -hmm. and that place would be rocking when the Badgers came to town because that was a big rivalry in what used to be the Western Collegiate Hockey Association. And, you know, Madison to South Bend is not that far a drive, and a lot of people would come down for the weekend in their Badger uh, Scarlet and White, and the Irish fans would turn out. They would fill that North Dome of the Joyce Center, and I'm sure the Compton will be rocking tonight as well.
1: You know what, I've never asked you this. What would you consider as Notre Dame's number one opponent when it comes to hockey? What's the biggest rivalry? Michigan. Michigan. Without question. Okay. Yeah. Number two being? Mm, Probably Michigan State. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay.
2: And again, uh, proximity has a lot to do with that. And both of those programs have been very, very good over the years. Now, Spartans have slipped a little bit in recent years. By the way, uh, if you want an inside joke, And I know some people listening to the show like to hear these uh, peel back the covers a little bit. Back in the 90s, I was the play-by-play man for Notre Dame hockey. Mm -hmm. And uh, was sitting right next to me to the left was Tom Noy, who is now the basketball beat writer and has been for many, many years for the South Bend Tribune. But at the time, he was the hockey beat writer. And we were the only two members of the media who were at almost all of these games. Okay. So one night or one day at that time in my life, um, I worked nights a lot. And before I went into work, you're just trying to vacate your mind a little bit. And my wife and I would watch Days of Our Lives just for some mental candy and There was an actor on there, John Aniston, Jennifer Aniston's father. Yes. Who played Victor Kuriakas. Victor Kuriakas had a spitting image in the head coach of Michigan State Hockey, Ron Mason. And I brought this out one night on the air, (laughs) and Noy just starts cracking up.
1: (laughs) Because you did it in that dry Chuck Freebie, kind of sneak it in. Yeah. So... Do you think you could reenact that?
2: No, I'm not sure that I could. No? But I can tell you that any time that Tom Noy has a basketball chat online, and I have a few moments available, there will be a question submitted from Victor Kuriakis.
1: <laughs> I'll have to watch for that. Yes.
2: And uh, Tom, Tom, I think, appreciates the fact that Victor Still lives in the hearts and minds of a
1: couple people. And uh, nothing to do with sports, but shout out to Tom's employer who couldn't have picked a better photo to sum up what's happening in Niles, Michigan on this day in 2020. With the legalization (laughs) of marijuana sales? Oh, man, what a photo. What a photo. That's all I'll say about that.
2: Speaking of Tom. Yes. I kind of wanted to touch on this back in the college basketball segment, but there's, you know, There are no rules on this show, so I'm going to circle back to Notre Dame basketball. And let me ask this question before I do. Is Notre Dame Athletics still a sponsor of this show?
1: No. Okay.
2: Then I'll feel very comfortable in making these comments. Uh, The other night, Wednesday night, the Irish played Syracuse at Purcell Pavilion. 84-82 game. Lots of scoring. You could say in some regards, an entertaining product. On the other hand, here's to me what doesn't make it an entertaining product. Notre Dame has not won a home game against an ACC opponent this year. And, yes, they have a winning record overall, but they're 2-5 and five in ACC play. Teams have come into the Joyce Center, teams like Syracuse that aren't really what I would consider an ACC power this year, and they've beaten the Irish. And you look around, and there are a lot of empty seats, and the people that are in the seats don't make a whole lot of noise. And I sit here and I wonder mentally, which I guess you can't wonder physically. You have to do it mentally. But I wonder, after 20 years, has the magic gone away for Mike Bray? You know, 20 years was as long as Digger lasted in the job, and he was sent out to pasture. And you think of where this program was five years ago um, with Pat Connaughton and Demetrius Jackson and getting to the Elite Eight and really creating a buzz around Notre Dame basketball.
1: To the point where you were scheduling your time around, they're playing tonight, I'm going to watch. And tickets were tough to come by. Yeah. Now, tickets
2: are tremendously overpriced. It's not a $30 product that they're putting on the court. And I don't hear anybody talking about Notre Dame basketball, other than Tom Mm -hmm. Noy. I mean, it's... It's not a subject that comes up no. with people. So, look, I like Mike Bray myself. I mean, he's been great to me. He's great. He's great, quote, he's great with the media. You're not going to find a coach that is loved by the media more than Mike Bray. But the question remains is the program going in the direction that the university wants it to go in?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Again. It's nothing against the individuals who are part of the program. I mean, Rex Pfluger is as classy a kid as you would want to come around, and I can't think of any Notre Dame player uh, who has faced more adversity than Rex Pfluger other than maybe Monty Williams, and they're both class acts. It's nothing against them personally, but I don't necessarily want to go out and watch Rex Pfluger play basketball.
1: Yeah, you've got an awfully big arena a really brand-new, sparkly arena still. It's still got that new car smell. And nobody's coming to watch the product that's on the floor. Maybe they're having those discussions right now. I mean, when you hear Notre Dame basketball, what thought goes through your head? Uh, Maybe next year. Yeah. But that thought has
2: been there now for two or three years.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: They certainly don't look like an NCAA tournament team right now. So... Anyway, I just had that thought in my mind today. I wanted to get that off my chest.
1: I think that's the thought of many people, Chuck Ruby. Also, last night, had the chance to see Jerry
2: Seinfeld in concert at the
1: Morris. Now we're getting to what I want to talk about or hear you talk about. Go.
2: Let me evaluate this show on two things. Okay. First of all, the performance of Jerry Seinfeld in his warm up comic absolutely outstanding. I have great, first of all, I admire you because you have done some stand-up comedy. You have, you have shown the Cajones to go out, pick up a mic, and stand in front of an audience not knowing whether the material was going to work or not, <laughs> having material that didn't work on some nights, having material that did work on some nights, Yeah, and you have had that experience. Jerry Seinfeld last night. For an hour and 15 minutes in South Bend, Indiana, with just a mic in front of him, a suit on, and a stage, kept a sellout crowd entertained the entire time. With no mentions of the show Seinfeld, no mentions of anything politically going on in the United States, purely observational humor. Universal comedy. On things from cookies to raisins, to marriage, to you name it. I mean, he has no time for people that talk about time. He cannot weather people who talk about the weather. He says, if you're that interested in the time and temperature, stand in front of a bank sign, you'll say, what an amazing day. (laughs) And just constantly delivered these kinds of observational humor stories for an hour and 15 minutes.
1: Did you know the opening comedian's name? I think it's
2: John Barton. Okay. He's a writer for Arrested Development. Oh. And he was very good, too. Okay. John Barton, you have to understand the visual that will go with this joke. He looks like he's about a 50-year-old a bald man, you know, not particular just your average white bald man and uh he talks about going to the gym and he goes you know i go to the gym and a lot of people he goes when i walk through the gym people say oh are we being audited today
1: <laughs> i know exactly what he looks like yeah now.
2: <laughs> yeah exactly and he and and then he follows that with i wish that joke didn't get such a laugh every time <laughs> But he had some wonderful observations as well. He, he was solid, not as good as Jerry. The warm-up act isn't supposed to be as good as Jerry, but he was still very good. So that was the part that I enjoyed immensely. Sold-out
1: crowd. Sold-out. Packed to the rafter.
2: Here, here's, here's a hint for you. If you're going to the Morris and you know it's going to be a big crowd, whether it's the Pulse FM Summer Series or Jerry Seinfeld, Leave your bags in the car, ladies. Don't bring your purses, and then you can get through that line much quicker because all you have to do then is go up to security. They wave the wand over you. You're not carrying any weapons. Go on in. Mm -hmm. If you've got your bag, you're going to have a long line to have to wait through. Okay. Okay. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't be this guy. Don't be the guy that sat behind me last night. I'm in the next-to-last row of the third balcony at the Morris. I am about as far away from the stage as you can get. That's up I, there. I would have rather sat in the last row at the Morris because then I wouldn't have had this guy behind me. At some point in the, uh, in the show, Jerry says some word, and then he says, I just made that up. And the guy behind me goes yeah, you did. Then Jerry also talks about his wife is always on him to hydrate, you know, hydrate before you're doing your little show in South Bend. Hydrate before you get on the plane. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. He goes, when we were a kid, we went to the water fountain. We got a sip and that lasted us 28 hours. We didn't need to hydrate then, but now we have to hydrate. Well, every time Jerry paused during the show to get a sip of water. This guy goes, "You better hydrate, Jerry." Oh wow! To the point, yeah, the sixth time I hear this, I just throw my hands up. I now I turned around afterwards, and this guy was huge. I'm glad I did not say anything. Okay, but don't be that. Here's another thing. What does Jerry? What is Jerry Seinfeld's humor?
1: Uh, observational comedy, right. right? So I don't know.
2: I don't need you in back of me to confirm. Yeah, that's true. That happens.
1: <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. It happens. It's tough to go to a comedy show. I don't mind if you have a maniacal laugh, a
2: wild laugh, a, an uproarious laugh. I expect that at a comedy show.
1: Yeah, but he's not talking right to you.
2: No, he's giving a performance. I'd like to
1: hear his performance. Shut up oh I hate that oh man I was jealous I was jealous thinking about you last night but I'm glad you had a good time Diane no, your wife had a good time we had a great time did you did you laugh so wholeheartedly that you kind of walked out of there kind of in pain a little bit no i I,
2: I clap a lot I'm I oh, okay. rather than rather I did haha some mm-hmm. but lots of times I will like that you know okay. like almost like a knee slap what was the biggest laugh do you remember what your biggest laugh was oh golly he had so much good stuff uh, yeah i'll tell you when he starts talking about marriage okay and he said when i was single i never went to married people's homes because i figured they didn't know what they were doing and now that i'm married i never go to single guy's home because i know he doesn't know what he's doing (laughs) he goes Single guys are out there playing paintball. Us married guys, we're in Afghanistan. We got loaded clips all over the place that we're dodging. He goes, let me give you an example. He goes, every morning I feel like I'm on a game show. I might as well just come to a podium, and here's today's category, conversations we think we had at 3 in the morning, because I had a dream about it, so it must be real. He said... And then my least favorite category, and this is the one because this really hit into Rancho Free Bay. Hypotheticals.
1: Did you get an elbow to the rib oh, on that one? I looked at her and she looked at me and yeah. Good for you guys. That's awesome. Good night of comedy. From the best, the best, Jerry. He he also and maybe that's who
2: was sitting behind me. Maybe Kenny Banya was sitting <laughs> behind me. I don't know.
1: I want my soup,
2: but uh, and and Diane appreciated the fact he goes, he goes. Take a look at any dad on the weekend. He goes, he is wearing the clothing from the last good year he had. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's so true. It is, oh. but
2: that's the thing. His ability. To make these observations and just churn out joke after joke after joke, it's uncanny. And and that's why he is a beloved comedian.
1: And if you can get your hands on it, your eyes on it, Jerry Seinfeld, comedian, the documentary,
2: is knocked down,
1: drag out, fantastic.
2: Yeah, it is. It's very good.
1: Watching him throw out the act and then rebuild and all those painful... uh, and
2: comedians in cars getting coffee, yeah, can be very funny as well.
1: I love the line, and she's an English woman, and he's working a late night club, working new stuff, and he's pausing and he's trying to get it out, and she goes, "Have you ever done this before?" <laughs> oh, and he was like, <laughs> "So good stuff, man. Good yeah, for you. Good he for he you. was terrific." That's all I, got. I. That's all I wanted to hear was some Seinfeld recollections. What
2: you got going this weekend?
1: Anything? My wife and I are going to go see 1917 tonight. Okay. I really want her to see it. We're actually going with some friends who nice. haven't seen it yet and uh they believe the uh they're they're smoking what I was selling when it comes to that movie.
2: Maybe uh maybe Diane and I go to that on uh
1: Saturday night. There was a guy in a store the other day. I was in a conversation with him and a couple others, and he said, that's the best movie I've seen in 20 years. Wow. And I said, you know what? I, I'm i in agreement with you. Did it come out in time for the Oscars? Classic. They sent it out in a few select theaters yeah. right before the cutoff date. It's going to win Best Picture. It will. You think so? Yes. I was going to give it to Joker. That's my opinion. This is better than that. All right. Okay. Don't forget, kids, 46 game of the week tonight. Westview
2: and Fairfield. Yes, I am on Twitter. I'm there. at 46 sports.
1: <laughs> He's a decent follow. Thanks for listening. Hit the subscribe button. Until next time, Yak fans. Ugaluga, Alan Trammell and Heine Manoush. And Jerry Seinfeld and the guy behind Chuck.
2: No, not Ugaluga to the guy behind me.
1: We've had
0: some fun. and yeah, the show is done. Now we got to run. It's Sports Jack. He's not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done? You've been listening to Sports Yak with Chuck Freebie and Corey Mann as himself. Oh, Produced by Corey Mann, the Sports Yak theme song by Rhett Walker, Production elements and voiceovers by audiblegenesis.com. At the Engineered by Phil Souza. Executive producer is Danae Hughes, in partnership with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Interested in your own podcast? Contact Danae at danae at studiodna.media. From the parking lot! Sports Yak archives available on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done.